Are you are you are, are you going, Kate? Yeah. Nice. I'm <laughs> here. I'm ready. I'm serving. Yeah, yeah living. Yeah, living. Yes, queen. <laughs> I uh. live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you are you guys ready for some real some heavy shit today? Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. I got I got my coffee. Heather's got her coffee. We're ready. I, I got, I, and I do not feel like vomiting, so that's good. I don't either, because I was I was eating oatmeal as I was reading the primary source, so I know I'm all right. Yeah, and it's yes. and, and that and it's pretty heavy. <laughs> it's okay. we, ooh, we have a you nice, just juicy dessert for the end. Mm. Yeah, it's mm. like it's like that that <laughs> that scene that sequence from. Uh, uh, Dracula dead and loving it where like the doctor like has all these medical students around and he like he's like nah the human brain and he like cracks up in the skull <laughs> yeah. and they all like faint so. <laughs> they're all fainting it's <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm gonna say it's 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 gonna be like a trace leche cake if it was Ooh. blood gross mm. why did you do that to me <laughs> I love trace leche it's so I do too I really I like was like and then you said blood and I'm like oh. yeah. it's one of my favorite cakes honestly it, it, it's it not my favorite cake definitely one of my favorites as well me yep. too dang that shit's delicious I know I know well welcome to Under the Pendulum I'm Chris here with Heather hello and Caitlin in Los Angeles hello so we're here, our fiftieth episode. Oh my god! <gasps> I'm fifty. I know. It's like I like it, to kick. I like to swish. Fifty is <laughs> the new thirty. Like yeah, oh, yeah. haven't you heard? Haven't I you? I have heard that. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah, no shit, man. Well, if 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 we all don't, you know, die in hot weather infested fire ridden mess in the next years but yeah yeah i I did i did read somewhere someone's like your 30s are just your 20s with more money totally i'd 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 add something to that and worse knees (laughs) dude no joke i was like i never was an athlete but these knees are hurting yeah man you gotta do squats man gotta do some squats gina was telling me that she's like Bitch, we're gonna start going on hikes and like working you out because you got to get strong. And I'm like, you're right. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I am so like frail and elderly. Like I get up and I'm like, ooh, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I know you got to get strong so you could fight off all those men. That's right. Totally. All the marauders. I got, I got all this thirties money and I just don't know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, it's been quite a ride. You know, I mean, we've talked about everything from ghosts and gruesome deaths to deadly injustices and bizarre history. Mm-hmm. We've, we've really kind of covered a, a good spectrum in these 50 episodes. We yeah. sure have. It's been, yep. it's, it's been I, I, I uh, shamelessly re-listened to a lot of them just to hear our voices together and stuff. And it's just, <laughs> we talk about some funny things. I think my favorite episode is the... Um, Mummies episode. That's that definitely one of my favorites. I, was I love that one too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also Twilight Zone. I love you guys talking about your episodes. It's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, we just did a little side quest on Stephen King. That was uh, yeah. that, that was, was a pretty fun, fun. one. Yeah, I it was. That at work the other day. That was really fun. I loved it's, it. It's funny because there's just so much you just. It's hard to fit I know. all that. I just in an wanted hour. to scream out loud, nerds! <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. Shouldn't you be at home playing on your computer, Urkel? <laughs> <laughs> Urkel? 
Well, so we've talked about a lot of things, uh, pretty gruesome things, and today will be no exception. So on this episode, we will be putting torture and execution methods of early modern Europe under the pendulum. You know, just just a little thing. Just a little, <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, and well, of course, you know, we'll talk about torture and executions in the Middle Ages as well. Um, and we'll really be focusing a lot of our time from the 15th to the 18th centuries in countries like Germany, England, Spain, and France. Ooh, it's probably where the most where the most famous and probably like where we get the most amount of source material on on executions. Yep. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. It it gets pretty brutal. (laughs) I'm just getting ready. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get into the blood and guts on the subject, (laughs) I'll get it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to kill myself. Um, (laughs) I think it's prudent that we talk a little bit about punishment in general, because that's really like the crux of everything, right? Mm hmm. So we've all heard about the various torture and execution methods of history, and we've seen them used in pop culture, most notably in films. And what some of you may be wondering is why. You know, why why did these time periods produce some of the most infamous methods of punishment? And what was the goal of such brutal sentences? And it's a pretty broad question with a lot of nuances and differing opinions and theories. And while, you know, I would love to spend time dissecting this, um, I think we should really focus on some of the prevailing academic explanations, uh, which will still be broad in many ways, but at least it'll kind of help us pinpoint on some of the main ideas. Yeah. So first off, let's not get caught up in applying our own modern sensibilities to the past. You know, we we often look back at the past with our own modern lenses and kind of our own perceptions of the world. Mm-hmm. And though we're no different biologically from people of history, they lived in much different worlds with different perceptions of those worlds mm-hmm. and different notions of morality and law. And we should also not think that just because we live in a modern world, torture does not still happen. Electric shock, sexual assault and rape, beatings, waterboarding, and psychological torture of all kinds are still used in parts of the world today. I mean, what was it, the Florida episode? We just talked about a guy that cut off somebody's nuts, you know? Like just mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that was more of a torture. that was more of a fetish thing, though. But no, but still, I mean, it's still like the the act and the idea and the process of it that's torturous. It's horrible, you know. Yeah, it's it's torture, but I would say it's 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 going to be quite different because you have number one, two consenting adults. It's a it's mm-hmm. a fetish fetization. Fetization, yeah. Fetization, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, so there's a there's different aspects to it that are kind of set it apart from like what torture totally. and executions uh, are. Which again, uh, it's it's punishment. You know, yeah. it's 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 retribution and punishment. Yeah, man. Like even in America, we know that torture was used in places like Guantanamo Bay in the 21st century. So right. before we believe that we've outgrown these archaic and draconian practices, we should remember that at our core, people are still the same creatures that we have always been. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so back to our question. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. So why? In Peter Spierenberg's book, The Spectacle of Suffering, um, it's a little academic, but it's pretty good. Um, okay. Spierenberg looks at punishment in history as the history of mentalities and degrees of repression. So what he means by this is not only looking at punishment by authorities as kinds of repression, but then how changing mentalities contribute to notions of what constitutes undesirable behavior and how it should be dealt with. 
So when we talk about how states and systems of repression use torture and execution, we mean the ways and means by which a ruling group employs these punishments to keep a population in line and to mold a society to the ruling group's ideals of morality and law. So in the past, punishments and executions could and would be performed in public. And these punishments were not always effective in deterring crime, but the thinking was that the more brutal and awful the punishments, the less likely others would be to commit such crimes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So it's also posited that torture and violent executions were doled out to certain groups and at certain times. In Christopher Einhoff's essay, The Fall and Rise of Torture, a Comparative and Historical Analysis, he lays out four patterns. One, torture is most commonly used against people who are not full members of a society, such as slaves, foreigners, prisoners of war, and members of racial, ethnic, and religious outsider groups. Ugh, this episode's going to break my heart because there's, <laughs> nothing, there's nothing that hurts me, my soul, more than people being mistreated or just hurt in any way. And just, just I've, I've, as I've gotten older, I've just learned that I have such a deep threshold of compassion and that just... Ugh, people being mistreated just fucking makes me so mad. Yeah, so this episode's probably going to be a bit of a torture for <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, by the way, have you guys ever seen the Jackson 5's video for um, torture? No. Is it just them on a rack? No, it's like in the 80s they tried to like have a comeback or something. And I think oh yeah, I, yeah. You have to watch this music video though because there's a pop-up, like VH1's pop-up video. That's that video. It's the funniest shit you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and a lot, like, a couple of them wouldn't even show up, so they had to use mannequins, and they're obviously mannequins wearing like sparkly gloves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. It's and then they put it's those. Torture. Then they put their fingers in some thumb screws, and exactly, <laughs> exactly. Nice. Oh, that that's how he hits those high notes. I see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so also two. Torture is used most rarely against members or citizens of a society. In this case, two special conditions must apply. A, torture is only used after finding a probable guilt. And B, torture is only used in cases of extremely serious crimes, particularly heresy and treason. And, and if you remember our um, human sacrifice episode from a long time ago, when we talked about ancient Rome, um, usually with like how they used to execute prisoners and you know slaves and stuff in uh, the Colosseums. most of the time if a roman citizen was going to be executed they would not be executed in one of those really horrendous ways usually it would be something quick like a beheading or you know or it, it just being a citizen necessitates being treated with a little more dignity because you yeah. are not on that outsider group mm -hmm. wow so old old idea really old idea mm -hmm. yeah I think it also, uh, same thing applied in, in, in ancient Greece as well, and probably, uh, you know, sort of a worldwide idea. Gotta behave yourself, man. Yep. Or else you're gonna, you're gonna get that punishment. Stop, get, stop, stop going out there. Stop being crazy. <laughs> stop being crazy. <laughs> so three, torture is more commonly used when a government or society perceives itself to be under threat. And this could mean spiritually as well. And then finally, the rise of human rights norms and the increase in the number of li liberal democratic states have had a significant impact in reducing torture. Liberal democratic states do sometimes engage in torture, 
but do so much less often than other states and almost never use torture against their own citizens. When they do engage in torture, it is primarily against non-citizens and under conditions of extreme threat, such as in response to terrorist attacks. Again, we could think back to Guantanamo Bay. Man, hearing torture so many times in one um, sitting is kind of reminding me of like goth poetry I heard a long time ago, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's upsetting. <laughs> yeah, if you want to get really hammered, just just take a nice, nice drink every time we say torture. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just like uh, nothing but torture in my dark black cabin. Yeah. Drink responsibly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So though Einhoff, uh, he's speaking about torture here, we need to keep in mind the idea of punishment and kind of keep it in the foreground of our minds. Though there is a distinction, many torture methods led to executions as the final sentencing, or the torture method itself led to the death of the victim during the commencement of the torture. As Professor of Law John Langbein points out, quote, the unusually high prevalence of torture in medieval Europe resulted in large part from the unusual characteristics of the medieval legal code, particularly its use of an exponentially high standard of proof. For medieval judges to find an accused party guilty, they needed to have either a confession or the testimony of two eyewitnesses to the crime. If there was much circumstantial evidence that indicated guilt, but no eyewitnesses or only one eyewitness, Judges were not able to reach a finding of guilt if the accused party maintained his or her innocence. In these cases, judges would sometimes authorize torture to compel a confession. In medieval Europe, as in previous historical periods, a citizen accused of a criminal offense could only be tortured if other evidence made his or, or her guilt seem probable. Unquote. So we will get into this a bit more later, but if we subscribe to the idea that some European laws concerning trial proceedings led to an increase in the use of torture, we began to see this vicious cycle that wouldn't be broken until public mentalities changed in the 18th and 19th century. So yeah, it's just a sort of feeding loop, right? Like, well, we can't prosecute without these, you know, um, uh, you know, without like a a confession. So we're going to get that confession by using torture. You know, so it's right. just a, this is just a cycle. Ugh. And another important aspect to address is how painful punishment and executions sometimes had a sacred quality. While religion didn't always play a role in European legal systems, it was still a very religious world. Suffering could be said to be a way of expiation. As Spierenberg points out, quote, they reconciled the deity offended by the crime and restored the order of society sanctioned by heaven, unquote. And again, we should be careful not to suggest that religion is a sole explanation for these types of punishments, particularly executions in this instance, but it is a factor. And as uh, Spierenberg points out, religious practices and rituals were a part of many facets of life during the Middle Ages and early modern period. But the role of the church did play a large role in the spectacle, according to Spierenberg. So in the end, we can say that the main ideas behind today's subject is deterrence and retribution, applied to both the earthly and the heavenly realms. Man, I hate all the shit that I know about the span of time and how humans have been. I wish I could be a big fluffy white cat and not know shit. Yeah, yeah I, it's, I have that feeling all the time. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's hard to like retain an optimism for humanity like when you really know totally. a lot Ugh. about the, the how, how the, the yeah. darker sides of our humanity have just always prevailed totally. for centuries. Yeah. It's like 
it's 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 remarkable that humans are the worst thing and the best thing too like just ugh, sucks yeah it's yeah terrible. i mean but we do we do live in i mean kind of we live in a lot less violent times than absolutely you know, previous and people centuries. forget that all the time and like yeah. i don't know I, I a side tangent is people are always like oh my god kate you should have been born in a different decade like you should have been born in the 20s I'm like no no, I'm a woman. I wouldn't want to be born any other time than now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the only good time, good place and time to be if you're a woman is probably like pre, pre-Western pre contact in North America um, in some of the in, you know indigenous tribes because a lot yeah. of them were matriarchal societies. Um, That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So. Be a hyena or something. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess let's get into it. Heather, do you want to give us our first um, ooh, first nice juicy tidbit? Oh, boy. All right. So the first torture method we're going to talk about is the breaking wheel, or also known as the Catherine wheel. Oh, God, I know about this. <laughs> yeah, this is a pretty, pretty gruesome <laughs> one. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> ouch. <laughs> ooh, ouch. Ooh, ouch. Torture. <laughs> <laughs> So, originating in the Middle Ages, this device was used to torture and execute. The breaking wheel was used all the way up until the 19th century, and like all these methods, would bring as brutal of a death as possible. Ugh. You know, there's hummingbirds outside of my window sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) That's really nice. Yeah. (laughs) The wheel was a large wagon wheel with spokes running along it. Most often, the poor victim would be bound along the side of the wheel and would be beaten on their limbs and across their bodies between the spokes with a club or iron implement so that maximum damage would be inflicted upon the bludgeoned areas of their bodies. (gasps) Maximum damage! (laughs) Brutality. (laughs) The wheel could also be rotated as the victim was being beaten, resulting in multiple hits per limb upon new revolutions. And, and they then got you, really hot about it. And then, it. yeah, <laughs> you, you could place playing cards in the spokes, and as you spin it, it makes a really cool... <laughs> and they can tweak their nipples, and ooh, good time. Now, if no coups de grace or blows of mercy were administered, the poor soul could endure days of suffering before they no. died of dehydration or shock. Oh, God. You guys... However, if mercy was ordered from the executioner, he would strike the victim on the chest or stomach to inflict fatal injury, resulting in a quicker death. Oh, God, you're just like fucking lungs are punctured and shit. And you're just like, oh, God, oh, just Dude, shallow. You know, like, okay, so, <sighs> so I, I have one of my favorite tattoos is um, the sacred spear that Christ had, you know, like where he got stabbed. Oh, yeah. And I found out later that that was a way to prolong your life as you were up on the cross like it was like a way to um let like urine and, and bad stuff out of your body oh. to just kind of like make you live a little bit longer and so like the longer i have this tattoo i'm like Ugh, see I, I i was under the impression that it was actually sort of a mercy killing i mean from what i understand and i i probably should do more research but a friend of mine told me about it and like talked hmm. about why they would have done that interesting yeah 
I could be wrong though. I could be wrong. But yeah, because I I thought it was um in a way in, to like bleed you out, like kill you. Yeah, like, in, yeah, in the yeah, like it was the Roman soldier like took pity that makes on more Christ sense, or whatever. Honestly, yeah, but, uh, I just it's so crazy to have that marking on your body. That's like a it's super know. fun. Well, it's it's just it's just a. Uh, Torture. It's awful. Torture. Torture. <laughs> Torture. <laughs> just like, just write out, like, get it written above, like, insert here or something. Oh, my God. Cut here. <laughs> yeah, cut, cut here. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> oh. So, depending on the severity of your crime, you could be punished either top down, which meant the first blow would be to your neck and would be a lethal one. Oh, God. But if you committed a particularly terrible crime, you'd be punished bottom up, which would start at the legs and work upward. And this promised ample torture before death. Then after you had died, your head may be put on a spike and your body left to be eaten by animals. Oof. You know, keeping yep. it cute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, little little bunny, are you here to help? You're here to help? Oh, God. <laughs> Blood orgy. (laughs) Now, throughout the Middle Ages, up until the 18th century, this device was used all over Europe and Russia. It was even used in the U.S. as late as the 1700s, when slaves in New York used it on some white people during a rebellion in 1712. Dude, I I was down in New Orleans having like a ghost tour, like tour thing and they talked about how they did that down there back in like the infancy of new orleans and stuff it was, yeah. it was crazy yeah actually yeah. As, as i was researching um you know like the early colonial you know people to come over um yeah they did mm-hmm. bring some of those torture to, torture methods um execution messes with methods with them <sighs> <God damn it>. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah brutal <laughs> yep Ugly. i mean the um the Spanish in the 1500s were really into burning the indigenous people at stakes. That was, fun. Yeah. yeah, super fun. <laughs> you know, like baby bunnies make me lose my mind sometimes because they're so oh, very cute. They're so cute. So cute. Very cute. Yeah. We'll, we'll just have to pepper this in every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen two baby bunnies kissing? Oh, my God. They like hug each other sometimes. Too. I know. Look at each other's little faces. <laughs> Well, the other name for this, the Catherine Wheel, comes from St. Catherine of Alexandria, a great martyr in the Catholic faith. Catherine lived from 287 to 305 in Roman Egypt during the reign of Maximian. The Virgin Mary and Jesus had appeared to her in a vision, and this convinced her that she must become a Christian. Now, persecutions were had under Emperor Maximian, and Catherine went to him to protest his cruelty to which he then brought in 50 pagan philosophers to argue against her faith and refute her. But she won this strange debate. Oh, wow. And as the story goes, some of these men brought in to argue with her were so touched by her words that they declared their conversion to Christianity and were promptly executed themselves. Oh, boy. Man, you should have just kept it a secret. (laughs) I know, man. (laughs) Just keep it in your heart. You don't have to say it out loud. I know. I guess the Socratic method didn't really work for them in this case. I I, I, like, so I've always really loved um, Christian and Catholic art a lot. And one of my favorite things is Mm -hmm. depictions of martyrs because, you know, it's like communication design. They have to like get 
what they're about across very quickly. So one of my favorite saints is Saint Agatha, and she is holding a plate of her own breasts because they, like, as a method of torture, cut off her breasts while she was alive because she had proclaimed that she was a Christian kind of thing. It's really, really interesting. Yeah, and I guess that really goes back to the idea, like, which is a very Christian idea as well, whereas, like, the holiness of suffering, yeah. like, which is, I guess, why, why you know, martyrs are such a huge thing. And it was actually funny. We also talked about this in the Human Sacrifice episode where um, in the early days of Christianity that because being a martyr was seen as, like, you know, the pinnacle of being a Christian, Christians were actually asking to be executed or martyred. And oh, it got yeah, to a point where... Yeah, and so so many were at one point that one of the uh, Roman emperors, I can't remember his name, was basically like, "Nah, if you if you want to die, you can do it by your own hands and not by the state." Yeah, like like, what are they lemmings or something that like do that? Get get the fuck out of here! I regret nothing. (laughs) My soldiers, man, their hands are tired. All right, they haven't seen their families in days. They're just like rubbing up on them, like kill me. <laughs> Meow, why don't you kill me? <laughs> Out of here. So horny for death. Yeah. <laughs> the well. suffering is exquisite. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Hellraiser is like, Jesus wept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should be a, a, a blasphemy warning on this episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally, yeah. For sure. Oh, my God, you guys. One thing I like, I, I think I mentioned it before, <laughs> but I tried watching Hellraiser 2 with like a buffalo chicken wrap and like uh-huh. <laughs> the beginning of the movie is like people just ex- their bodies exploding and they're orange <laughs> and they weirdly look like buffalo sauce. And I just like paused it, put my thing down and I'm like, I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was so intense that you squeezed it too tight and it all exploded everywhere. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well. Back to the story. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Maximian wasn't happy, so he ordered Catherine to be tortured and executed. Many attempts were made to torture the Jesus out of young Catherine, but she would not budge. She was ordered to be executed by the breaking wheel, but when she touched it, the wheel shattered. (gasps) Yes, bitch. So instead, Maximian had to settle for her beheading. Yeah, he seems like he was pretty mad because he's just like, I can't believe all my bros fucking left me. He just, he just needed to take a Snickers moment, a moment, and just be like, maybe maybe I shouldn't kill this lady. You know? No, he's committed. You need to take a snack moment. Think about yep. it, buddy. Breathe if it. At, if, at, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Cut their head off, yeah. Yeah, yeah cut, cut their fucking head off. <laughs> <sighs> well... The breaking wheel has earned its place in modern language throughout the world as well. Allusions to the wheel pop up in modern expressions. Now, and under the pendulum fashion, I'm going to butcher these phrases in different languages. Oh, yeah. Because it, it, it was naughty. It needs to be, ooh, yeah, it needs to be tortured. It needs to be punished. Torture. We're going to punish these languages, yeah. That's right. <laughs> so some examples are, Opgroen voor galg in rad. In Dutch, meaning to grow up for the gallows and wheel, declaring oh. that someone is no good. Ah. There is the Chilean esp- expression, morir en la rueda, meaning to die at the wheel, which is used to express keeping mum about something. <laughs> then this German expression, sich gedert fühlen, meaning to feel wheeled, 
describes physical exhaustion. There are many others, but you get the idea. It goes to show how popular and widely used this awful execution method was, as its mention still prevails today throughout these idioms. Wow. I've never heard any of those. That's interesting. Yeah, I haven't either. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring them back. I'm going to start bringing them back. Man, if you don't shut up, man, you are destined to die at the wheel, man. <laughs> You'll be like, like what? what the fuck are you talking about? Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. I wonder if that's where that comes from. No, just kidding. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite's the fucking air freshener that's like, in case of uh, rapture, this this car will be unmanned or something like that. And we'll plow through a street of bikers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> winning, <laughs> winning souls get, for the Lord. Get all these kids at Sarka practice. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, so, yeah, I'm going to talk about mutilation. Which is uh, actually super common um, for a long time. So cutting off of limbs or maiming the accused were old practices of punishment that had long lasting effects. Never gonna give, never gonna give, never gonna give you up. So a thief, for instance, might have the offending appendage cut off as a symbolic punishment to rid the offender of the evil hand. Or removing a covetous eye might be another way to deal with a thief. And it was Mm. not just thieves that this punishment was doled out to. In 1124 in Britain, many moneylenders had their hands cut off by order of King Henry I. And this is a quote from uh, a book called Dark Injustice by Farrington. It's 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 really fun. It's like a it's like one of those big coffee table books. Yeah, Ooh, I love those. Yeah, it was, it's really fun. It's a pretty 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 good too. That, those shits are expensive to make. Oh my god, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, they have like a bunch. It's 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 really fun. They have a lot of pictures. It's you know, it's so it's it's a picture book with like little excerpts and and explanations. So <laughs> I love yeah, it's it's fun. Books. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when I get a coffee table again, oh yeah. Oh dude, totally. <laughs> so quote from Farrington. Frequently, mutilation occurred while the victim was incapacitated in the pillory. And if uh, nobody's sure what the pillory is, it's that thing where your hand and your head are sticking out. Um, you know, oh, it's fun. yeah, where you know, like in in movies, like people throw tomatoes at your face. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. I yeah. always loved Hunchback and Hunter. I was like, I'm free, I'm free. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> so, as his head and hands were secured in the wooden framework. It gave the law enforcer ample opportunity to slit his nose or tear his lips off. Often, the penalty would be the loss of one or both ears. As a precursor, the ear might be nailed to the woodwork of the pillory. So, like, Lord. Yeah, so they, they, as you're in the pillory, they would take your ears and nail them to to it. Man, this is a person. It ain't Mr. Potato Head. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) So, continuing. In the cruelest of cases, the victim whose ears were pinned firmly to the pillory was left to wrench, wrench their head away in order to secure his freedom. Ugh. So you'd have to, oh yeah, you'd have to tear, try to tear your head away as your ears are nailed to the, to the framework, yeah. Habitual felons lost first one ear, then the next. Afterwards, the stump of the ear was shaved down, unquote. Oh, it's like ear tipping for feral cats, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Trap, neuter, release. Yep. You can, you can take, identify oh. your thieves by their clipped ears. And then they uh, take a cheese grater to the stumps. That's fun. Mm. 
Oh my god, that was like an episode of Ren and Stimpy with the cheese grater guy and the lemon. Do you guys remember that? Oh my god, yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, where he, he like takes it to his arm and then sticks salt and lemon in it. Oh. I think that was the Jack and the Beanstalk one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so offenses that resulted in some kind of mutilation varied in their severity depending upon the time and who was in power making the laws concerning mutilation as a punishment. Murder and arson was punished during the reign of William the Conqueror and Henry II by amputating the right hand or right foot. Oh, dear. In the 16th century, under the reign of Queen Elizabeth, who some of you might know is, um, I think it's Bloody. Uh, what's her oh, name? Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe. No, no, I'm sorry. That's Mary Queen of Scots. Yeah, that's or, Mary Queen of Scots. You're right. I, I, just want a, I just want a Bloody Mary right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, in the 16th century, under the reign of Queen Elizabeth, torture was used more often, especially after she was excommunicated by the Pope in 1570. In one of these cases, mutilation was used. And one witness wrote about seeing the writer John Stubbs have his hand cut off by driving a cleaver through the wrist with a mallet for seditious writing. Oh, sorry. That's an unfortunate coincidence to be called Stubbs. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was done for seditious writing after he published a piece about his opposition to Queen Elizabeth's marriage to Francis, Duke of Anjou, as immoral. So the witness yeah. wrote, quote, When his right hand was struck off, he plucked off his hat with his left hand and said with a loud voice, God save the queen! He then fainted. The multitude <laughs> standing about was deeply silent, out, either out of horror at this new form of punishment or out of commiseration with the man, unquote. <laughs> You guys, I like my my new career path. I have to talk about amputations all the time, and it's just the myriad of ways they happen are just crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. We're only just kind of scratching the surface of some of the mut- ways of mutilation was done. But you know, since hygiene wasn't as prevalent or its importance not understood, deadly infections were very commonplace. So yeah. a mutilation could be seen as a death sentence. Yeah, that's and what then- would get you. Yeah, and you, you could even bleed out from it. Like if you're not, if, yeah. if it's not taken care of quickly enough. Oh yeah, yeah. Crazy. absolutely. Yeah, don't get that tourniquet on there. Yep. So and I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk a little. Do some kind of greatest hits here a little bit. No. Oh good. Yep. Oh good. That's my jam. So, I think the kind of torture that most of us are familiar with in the early modern period um, of Europe are the infamous torture chambers. Torture Sexy. chambers. Oh, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. So, and and this is kind of a time where, like, inflicting pain became acute and precise. Medieval law, for instance, was contingent on the accused admitting their guilt themselves. So, if a verdict of guilty was desired for whatever reason, they would get that confession one way or another. Mm-hmm. So, devices like the rack were used. People where, just need to do better stuff with their time, you know? Hey, man, there's, yeah, there's no Netflix. You know? Netflix. <laughs> There's not a brunch to go to, you know. For real. For real. <laughs> There's no pub crawls, you know. No botanical gardens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, us monkeys get up to terrible things if we don't have nice, nice things. Yep. <laughs> so the rack was a device where a victim was bound to a board of various designs by their wrists and ankles, and they would kind of stretch the vic- victim out. Each end had two rollers that the ropes were attached to, 
and the torturers would then turn the locking cranks, turning the rollers and pulling the ropes and the limbs in opposite directions. And this allowed the torturers to control the agony, because each time you pulled, the, lo the locking mechanism would lock. So you could just keep a little, a little more, a little more, mm -hmm. a little more. And I, I watched a very funny, like, older History Channel special on torture and execution. <laughs> and they're just like, we actually want to see what this would really do to the human body. Oh so they, God, um, no. so they took like, so they, they took a pig, um, like kind of knee joint, like, yeah, well, they just took the, the, the knee joint, right. And they yeah. tied to both ends to a rope Ugh, and they yeah. started pulling just to kind of see like the mechanics of what would happen to the body and where you would think it would pull, t pull apart, like at the knee joint, it actually broke the top of the femur off and it broke <sighs> that way. Yeah. Very interesting. You know, remember that toy stretch Armstrong? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I, how many kids fucking did the, the, the rack scenario or the, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh. <gasps> Mr. Armstrong, you've been found guilty of treason. Today <laughs> <die>. <laughs> it's like a fucking seven year old. Like what? <laughs> More. Yeah. <laughs> Freedom. <laughs> so another very popular form of torture in medieval Europe were the thumbscrews. So it was a vice that sometimes had dull or sharp protrusions on it. And the victim's thumbs would be placed inside and the vice was slowly turned and tightened, crushing the thumbs and or puncturing the nails. Yeah. And it was also yes, sometimes used on the big toes. What yep. the fuck, man? I'm, I think I was like 10 the first time I heard about that. And I was just like, oh, what? Put him to the <laughs> yes. screws. Yeah. Casting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we went to a torture museum at I, some I, point. In fact, I'm sure we did. Actually, yeah. I think that the Tower of London had some uh, oh, yeah. that's torture it. devices. That's yep. where we saw that shit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They have actually, I, think, I believe they actually have a rack. Oh, yes, they do. Yep. So, and there was one, this is sort of a, a short one, but it's fucked up. So there was one particularly brutal punishment for poaching on royal land. And this was where the, the victim would have molten lead poured into their ear canals. Oh, dear. Yep. I love yeah. walking around here at night and just petting cats. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many kittens. It's, Aww. Yeah. So another popular form of extracting a confession was pressing. See, one reason that torture was used to extract some kind of confession was the law's own bureaucracy, which we kind of touched on in the beginning. So a plea of some kind was needed to prosecute. So if the plea was guilty, things were really simple. It's the state, pressing. Yes. Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's pressing important. matter. So the state could compensate. You see what I did there? Anyway, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, if, if you pled guilty, the state could just confiscate your estates and dole out your punishment, like, psh, psh, real, real quick. Usually a yep. deadly punishment. <gasps> sure. If one pleaded not guilty, a trial would ensue. Ugh. Ew. So, uh, takes but a it, long time. It takes a long time. Oh, yeah. you got to go through all the things. You coordinate uh, things. You could just make it easy, you know? Yep. But if one was to remain silent, they would remain unconvicted and their properties and goods could not be confiscated. So it wasn't until 1827 that silence was considered a not guilty plea. Before this change, getting that damn confession was important. So back to the pressing. 
because yeah, they they gotta. Oh, well, I gotta have lunch with Jerry. I have a doctor's appointment. I I can't do a trial. You know, it's a wonder yes. that they enforced rules at all. Yeah, these trials. Yeah, like like come what's, on. What's the fucking point? Yeah, you know? I know. Like you guys are monsters anyway. Like what's the point? You know, I w- I would say though with like the way it's done, where it's like you either have to like a guilty plea or two witnesses have to see you. There's like a there's like a purity to it that I just think gets lost in our legal systems today, you know? <laughs> Processes are important. That's a way to look at it. So this method was known as pain forte dur, which is the strong hard pain. The victim would be spread eagle. Yeah, it's hot. Mm. Oh, you said spread eagle too. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The victim would be Spread Eagle and Barry White would be played. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, the victim oh would, <laughs> so the victim would be Spread Eagled on the ground and a board would be placed on their chest. As they asked the victim if they would confess and if the victim either remained silent or refused, weights would be placed on the board at increments, adding more and more weights the longer the victim didn't confess. That should have been the boys to men. I'll make love to you video right there. <laughs> And they did this to a lot of the uh, the Salem trial yeah. people, didn't it, they? It, it, it would be used in some of the witch trials. They I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure about Salem, but I definitely know it was used in. Um, I, I've heard you that know in Europe. Yeah. yeah, I mean yeah. And that would have been also with the ordeals as well. You know, mm-hmm. like the water trial by fire, trial by combat, all those ordeals. <laughs> I wanted <laughs> to talk. <laughs> I wanted to talk about those, but they're like not so much torture. I mean, yeah. a little bit, but kind of out of our purview a little. So at some point you have a choice. You confess or be crushed to death slowly. And if the sentence was handed down in court, they would say something along the lines of, quote, that you will be taken back to the prison whence you came to a low dungeon into which no light can enter, that you be laid upon your back on the bare floor with a cloth round your loins, but elsewhere naked, (laughs) that there be set upon your body a weight or iron as great as you can bear and greater. That you have no sustenance save on the first day, three morsels of the coarsest barley, which is bread. On the second day, three droughts of stagnant water. On the third day, bread as before. Next day, water as before. Until you die. Hey, don't don't sugarcoat it. Tell me how you really feel. Now, they really, really wanted that confession. So if the victim confessed, the weights would be lifted and they would be brought back to court. Or they would die. It's two options. Or they die. <laughs> Fun. But you're really taking a gamble because if you go back to court and they find you guilty, your execution could be a lot worse. So you're really yeah. taking a gamble there. Yeah, you wasted everybody's time. <gasps> yeah, God. It was Jerry the executioner's birthday. <laughs> yeah, but it's my birthday. <laughs> I just wasted my whole birthday doing this. Oh my god, there's nothing funnier than like a like a guy in like a black hood just like crying, like just like <laughs> in tears. That's comedy. That's good. Yep. <laughs> this is what it's like when executioners cry. That was the ori- <gasps> that was the original Prince. You guys, song. it can't purple rain all the time. <laughs> Can only bloody rain. <laughs> Chocolate rain. <laughs> <laughs> so one last favorite favorite of mine this is the one that always sticks out to me is the wooden horse or the spanish donkey so there's var- there's variations of it but uh, i'll mm-hmm. just kind of say like the main one that most people are probably familiar with 
I just real quick, everybody, just just think about a donkey and how cute they are, real quick. Just the big eyelashes and their sweethearts. Yes. So the wooden horse of the Spanish donkey, it was a sawhorse kind of pummel looking contraption that was in a triangular shape. So the accused or condemned would be placed upon the elongated sharp ridge, usually naked with their hands tied behind their backs. Well, that's embarrassing. It was very embarrassing, yeah. <laughs> so it was elevated off the ground so that the legs would dangle, preventing any sort of support and letting the weight of the body push down on the sharp ridge. As the accused straddled the device, weights would be placed on the ankles in increments, slowly pulling the accused down on the sharp ridge, adding more pressure to the groin area. <laughs> so this would, <laughs> this would mangle or tear at the accused groin and bottom area. And if more weights and a sharper ridge were used, it could slowly tear the accused in half, it said. Other times they would sit there for days, and if they didn't die after the punishment... Most usually could not walk the same way again. And oh, they often God. they often would have large wounds and bleed on the horse, and such wounds could often lead to infection and death later. I mean, they didn't even have hemorrhoid donuts back then. So, you know. Oh, yeah. dear. Yeah. That one's, uh, whew. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw... A little butterfly land on Tendy's face the other day. Oh, and he oh just, my God, oh, no. Ah! That's horrible. Because <laughs> like, isn't there something about the monarchs kind of like reaching extinction from heat or some kind of thing like that? Yeah, I think it's like uh, the, the warming of the planet's been hurting the monarch population. So my friend po posted this thing from the movie Ghost with Whoopi Goldberg and it's <laughs> talking about the monarchs and like she's like, Girl, you're in danger. <laughs> Talking about one flying past her window. You're in danger, girl. Girl, you're in danger. <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> oh my god! I just bought I just bought a print from a really cool estate sale from the 20s of like a little baby sitting in a field of flowers with butterflies kissing its face. Oh. <laughs> I was like, this is stupid, but I need to have it. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> really cute. Well, next, I'm going to talk about the Breast Ripper, a.k.a. the Iron Spider. Are, are you tired of your boobies? Well. <laughs> Billy Mays here. Billy Mays here. Billy Mays here. Are your breasts just getting in the way? In the way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like fumbling with your breasts, you know, like the white people are like, oh, I just can't. I don't know how. <laughs> Are your breasts too loud? <laughs> they too slippery, just can't get a hold of them. <laughs> well, like many torture implements, the iron spider stayed long after its medieval origins. The breast ripper was used from the 13th century all the way up until the 19th century, and most of the time it was used on women. It's hard it's to get purchased on a dude, you know? We don't... It's not a lot of, lot there. Sometimes. Some guys, just straight up, they're not fat, but they just got titties. That's true. Ooh. That's got all right. Got them pits. Got them boobies. <laughs> all boobs moobs. are beautiful. All boobs. Moobs. I like some moobs. Mm -hmm. Moobies. Mm -hmm. You are beautiful. 
<laughs> this awful device is a large metal apparatus that resembles a four-pronged tongs with hooks on each end, almost like those ice tongs used on large ice blocks from the turn of the century. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. Where they used to and pull exactly them off of the ice trucks. About. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's poking. Ouch. Robert Held describes this device. Quote, Cold or red hot, the four claws slowly ripped to formless masses the breasts of countless women condemned of heresy, blasphemy, adultery, and many other libidinous acts, self-induced abortion, erotic white magic, and other crimes. Ooh. In various places and at various times, in some regions of France and Germany until the early 19th century, a bite with a red-hot ripper was inflicted on one breast of unmarried mothers, often whilst their creatures, splattered with maternal blood, writhed on the ground at their feet. Ugh. Besides the punitive function, breast ripping also served as an interrogational and judicial procedure. Ugh. Boy, so, yeah, we just don't have, like, generational trauma. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, what, what's the term for um, genetic trauma? There's, like... There's a there's a study they do about that. Yeah, I'm not sure, but they do talk about that with like um, the indigenous groups of America and other like, you know, colonized groups, um, you know, just wow. by the tortures that were put on by, um, you know, Western colonizers. Um, a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, you, you could say that about, you know, um, African-American communities here, you know, just the same thing. Um, it's just that, you know, have been traumatized and basically, you know, tortured for so long that it's just be kind of kind of become like embedded in your DNA a little bit. Yeah. 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 You know, one of my favorite memes lately is a guy like crying in a corner and it says the quietest people shit the loudest. That <laughs> 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 cheers me up when I'm feeling bad. Yeah. <laughs> so this method of punishment was meant to maim and disfigure the woman if she survived the procedure. However, sometimes a portion of the torso would come off with the breast, resulting in death. If she lived, she would be marked for life. Like, a fucked up version of the Scarlet A that Prester Hinn wore. Or Hester yeah. Prynne. Hester I've, been Prynne. Thinking, I've been thinking about the Scarlet Letter a lot throughout this episode, just thinking of Puritans and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. Another outcome of surviving this would also mean that the woman would not be able to feed her future children effectively making her a failure at her role in society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and kind of very same idea with maiming, right? It's it's sort of like physicalizing or visualizing one's crime. So like anybody could look at you and be like, oh, he was a thief or she was, you know, whatever, you know. It, it, yeah. And there was also branding, which was I we didn't get into. I did read a lot about that, but decided not to add it. But, yeah. you know, depending on your crime, you could be branded on the face or other parts of your body, usually somewhere visual, vis, you know, visible with a letter denoting your crime. I mean, and like they again, we were talking about like enslaved people and stuff and like that would happen to slaves and that make their life. Like, Absolutely. Fucking yeah. Harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <sighs> again, yeah. most of the time these things happen to people who are outside the you know society right right so it's, it's and slaves of course being looked down at as you know lesser beings yeah then absolutely it, it would be it would have been seen much like branding a cow or something yeah. you know like, exactly. like it, it has that sort of like disconnect of like this is actually a human being you know they're just it's just so yeah it's just wild 
to, to look like think that people look upon other human beings um in that way oh, i know it makes me sick, it makes mm-hmm. me sick. yeah especially the psychology behind like you know facial recognition and like recognition of, of expressions and things it just yeah. like you know like how know, how that gets overlooked um is pretty there's, wild there's this excellent documentary from the early 2000s that john gleese does um with like elizabeth hurley and it's called the human face and it's multiple episodes but it just talks about the importance of our social interaction and what how much is communicated each and every single moment from our micro expressions and yeah. things like that yeah it's crazy yeah and just just the thought that like they couldn't or just didn't want to see any humanity in you know like a slave yeah. or somebody who <sighs> they thought was was a lower being yeah it's just it's it's hard to conceive because you know like it's bullshit yeah I mean, it's it's I wild it. i hate it yeah. so much still happens just, today like, it's like it's like if life has any meaning i just like if there's a meaning to life or like our existence or individually it's just i i just want the rest of my life to be about giving as much compassion to everybody around me as I absolutely can because you don't know everybody's individual experiences. Mine's been really good and I'm super thankful and proud of that. But just like Dolly Parton says, it's just all there is is love. It's all about love. (laughs) It's like crazy. Sorry, I'm being No, no, no. I mean, you're absolutely right. Yeah. No. It's it's, compassion is the only thing that's going to save us. But yeah, I don't don't know. Ugh. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to hang drawn and quartered. Woo! <laughs> yeah, this this one's always a doozy, man. Yeah, uh, trying to have a good time on a Saturday night. It's um <laughs> it's it's inconceivably horrible. Yeah. Yay! Never gonna get never gonna get <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh. This is probably one of the worst ones, I think. Yeah. Like, that All you righty. Could go I got through. my seatbelt and my diaper oh. on. I'm ready. And we'll see why here in a little bit. <laughs> and you know what? Yesterday, Nana, she found a bag of little catnip mice and she was oh. pawing at it. And then oh. we gave her all the mice, and then she was rolling around in like ten of them. It was oh so my god! She's like, she's like, I'm rich. <laughs> she was <laughs> jackpot. <laughs> it was very cute. <laughs> oh my god! Oh as, my as a side note, we've been having to save little field mice from Tendy's fucking serial killer actions oh. lately. No, I know. They can't help it. Poor I babies. know. I know. Yeah. He, he doesn't even eat them. He just kills them. Yeah, they'll, they'll do that. <laughs> yeah. I think Circle he he, he brings them for us. Yeah, he like Aww. brings yeah. them. He's like, That's I killed sweet. you something. Am yeah. I good? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyway. little killer. Yeah. <laughs> killer kill. Little killer. <laughs> <laughs> so perhaps the most despicable torture to execution method we will cover today is to be hanged, drawn, and quartered. This was truly the epitome of cruel punishment. Don't threaten me with a good time. Damn. You know it's bad when it's three different words. Yeah. 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 You gotta, gotta three phases. Exp- yeah, there's three phases, here. yeah. <laughs> it was performed in England and was first used in the 13th century and last used in 1782 and was reserved for those guilty of treason. First, they would begin by drawing the poor bastard to the gallows, and this would mean the man would be tied to the back of a horse and dragged across the ground. And by the way, this all happened in public as the crowd shouted and ridiculed mm-hmm. the accused. Oh, yeah. And they just needed some Jenga, karaoke, something. Just <laughs> so, ugh. 
God, it's nope. some tiki torches, grass skirts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, and honestly, and uh, you know, before we move on with this, like another really interesting aspect of this, as far as the, like the public spectacle, which again, that uh, Spierenberg's book is really good for that. It's just, it's, it's like how the crowd. I know we've talked about this in other episodes, maybe, but how the crowd viewed it as sort of like a man. It's like going to a sporting event or. Yeah you know, or going to a festival or a carnival, you know, like sometimes it would have that kind of atmosphere where people yeah. are like selling, selling swag or like, you know, meat pies or like other treats. And, you totally. know, it's, it's, it's yeah. very, very kind of similar, um, similar kind actually, of, kind of atmosphere. Actually, like it's interesting too. I talked about Dolly Parton earlier, but there's this um, a podcast called Dolly Parton's America. Yeah, that was really good. So good, but there's one called Sad Ass Songs, and it's about how the roots of country music really come back from like England and Ireland, where they would have an execution happen of some crime, and they would sing a song at the execution about it and get like tips that way. And like, oh, it, it's interesting that like some of this like crimes and content and punishment are like in the roots of, of like blues and country music and sad yeah. shit. Well, that's a really good point to bring up. And I don't want to get too in the weeds before, you know, or, or, or anything. But, um, you know, again, before we think that we are like well beyond this, this same kind of spectacle carnival atmosphere Absolutely. was happening with lynchings in America. I mean, even up until the early 60s. I yeah. mean, it was, you know, like it was like yeah. the famous postcards that would say like, had a barbecue today and things like that. But they would do the same shit, like burning, drawing, quartering, like maiming, cutting of limbs, like real fucking medieval shit in the 20th century. Oh, yeah. It gives it gives me chills all the time that that was just not it, it really wasn't like was some of our grandparents, yeah. you know, like were around when this when that was happening. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, watch your beautiful, sweet ass out there because people are. There's a really up. good 15 minute documentary on, um, on, I think it's HBO Plus, but it's just called like Lynchings. It's about the post, about postcards of lynchings. Wow. Really, really fascinating. <gasps> they have a bunch of like black scholars um, and academics talking about it. Wow. That. really really great. really short uh, but very graphic obviously but um yeah it's 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 really interesting to watch so if you're looking to wow. ruin your morning give it a go well and also enrich your life and it, yeah I, that, like, definitely like, i mean that's i guess why yeah. we do this this podcast right it's it's mm -hmm. it's not turning mm -hmm. away from mm -hmm. from the horrors of the world you know it, no. it's an, it's analyzing yeah. and trying to understand them and and just acknowledging them is is a huge thing yes yeah. Absolutely. And like, it's been a really hard road to know all these things, but it's, yep. it's great too. So anyway, hang, drawn, and quartered. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Well, so when we last left off, the poor victim was being drawn to, to where he's going to be executed as the crowd shouted and ridiculed mm -hmm. him. Fun. <laughs> so then they would hang the body at the gallows until they were just about to die, like near death. So when you say when you say hang them, you mean like actually like with a noose? By the oh, neck. okay. So it's yeah. kind of like um, yeah, it's like mm. that weird like strangulation fetish where you like you get just to the point of passing out and then you loosen up again. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Fun. So then they would cut down the man and bring him to the quartering table, where he would be castrated and disemboweled, causing great <sighs> agony. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
the executioner might even burn their guts in front of them as they watched. And if the criminal passed out from the pain, they would be sure to splash water on their face to wake them so, up. So uh, which piece do you want? And uh, do you want a rare, medium rare? Then finally, they would behead the poor soul. And for the grand finale, the criminal would be cut into four pieces, a final fuck you to the body as the soul crossed over to the Mm -hmm. next plane. Now, in order to preserve them for their time on display at the city gates, the limbs and head might be parboiled. Oh. So, you know, they'd boil them a little bit, cook it, Mm. A, a tad bit so it would last a bit longer and the some elements. onions and thyme and a little salt in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put an apple. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Classic. Yes. Oh, God, you guys. But don't worry, ladies. This punishment was just for the men. If you committed treason, they would just burn you at the stake. Oh, yeah. Where, where were all the feminists back then? Uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I always like the there's this uh, there's this picture someone did like an illustration and it's a a woman who's tied to a stake being burnt and she's lighting a cigarette like in her mouth oh, like she's yeah. just all like what are you gonna do about it you know yeah, yeah. life is life smoke them if you got them smoke them if you got them <laughs> now as Chris mentioned earlier uh, as many of these executions were this method was completely intentional in its unimaginable brutality designed by rulers to deter their subjects from similar crimes. Um, to scare the people so badly into submission that they would never dream of plotting a revolution or assassinating a leader or dare to refuse to acknowledge the prevailing church of the region. People of note who have been executed in this way include William Wallace in 1305 for his role in the Scottish resistance against the English occupation during the Wars of Independence. And the end of the movie, Braveheart actually kind of gives a romanticized account Mm -hmm. of this hanging draw do quartered. you remember do you remember smell poops in and brave fart oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, smell poops in. <laughs> what a performance <laughs> uh, okay, I mean, here. <laughs> another person of note is david prince of wales in 1283 was ordered by king edward the first while he was attempting to combine wales scotland and ireland under english rule um, the writer William Collingborn in 1484, again, for another piece of writing, mm-hmm. um, his satirical couplet, the cat, the rat, and Lovell our dog, rule all England under the hog, which was a reference to uh, King Richard and his bird. supporters, and was deemed as yeah, treasonous by oh. King Hog. <laughs> and lastly, the gunpowder conspirators in 1606, who consisted of Guy Fawkes and his co-conspirators after they attempted and failed to assassinate King James. Oh, interesting! The first. I didn't, I didn't actually know that that was how they were executed. Yeah, I did not oh. either. That is, uh, that is brutal. Yeah, it's um, man, yeah, it's and you know, I think there's obviously variations of how it was done, which like we'll get into here in a minute. But uh, honestly, like one of just the worst. I mean, it's. God, dude, it's just you're basically just dissecting a human being in front of a crowd. Yeah. And yeah. And, and not in a delicate medical manner. <laughs> no. Ugh. Yeah. It's so terrible. as promised um, to kind of close this out a little bit, although we'll kind of do some honorable mentions and, and uh, at the end. But this yeah. is just sort of the nice little cherry on top here. We have a primary source where both where where 
okay. where the condemned was drawn, quartered, had pincers used, and then was finally burned. So you have we have a nice a nice little four parter here. Yeah. Playing all the hits. Yeah, it's 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 pretty <laughs> horrible. And uh so this is actually gonna be a primary account from one of the uh officers who were uh who was present at the uh execution. I think I'll have a brownie after this. <laughs> you yep. deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and this excerpt is from uh, another source that I had. Um, it's Crime and Punishment by Folk Cult or Fo- uh, Folk Cult. Um, a good book. It's really just about like the 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 progression evolution of the um, prison system. But this is how he opens the book. On March 1st, 1757, Damien the Regicide was condemned to make the amende honorable before the main door of the Church of Paris, where he was to be taken and conveyed in a cart, wearing nothing but a shirt, holding a torch of burning wax weighing two pounds, then, in the said cart, to the Place de Grave, where on a scaffold that will be erected there, the flesh will be torn from his breasts, arms, thighs, and claves with red-hot pinchers, his right hand holding the knife with which he committed the said parricide, burnt with sulfur, and on those places where the flesh will be torn away, poured molten lead, boiling oil, burning resin, wax, and sulfur melted together, and then his body drawn and quartered by four horses, and his limbs and body consumed by fire, reduced to ashes, and his ashes thrown to the winds." Finally, he was quartered, recounts the Gazette de Amsterdam of the 1st of April, 1757. This last operation was very long because the horses used were not accustomed to drawing. Consequently, instead of four, six were needed. And when that did not suffice, they were forced, in order to cut off the wretch's thighs, to sever the sinews and hack at the joints. It is said that, though he was always a great swearer, No blasphemy escaped his lips, but the excessive pain made him utter horrible cries, and he often repeated, My God, have pity on me! Jesus, help me! The spectators were all edified by the solicitude of the parish priest of St. Paul's, who despite his great age did not spare himself in offering consolation to the patient. Bouton, an officer of the watch, left us his account. The sulfur was lit, but the flame was so poor that only the top skin of the hand was burnt, and that only slightly. Then the executioner, his sleeves rolled up, took the steel pinchers, which had been especially made for the occasion, and which were about a foot and a half long, and pulled first at the calf of the right leg, then at the thigh, and from there at two fleshy parts of the right arm, then at the breasts. Though a strong, sturdy fellow the executioner found it so difficult to tear away the pieces of flesh that he set about the same spot two or three times, twisting the pinchers as he did so, and what he took away formed at each part of a wound about the size of a six-pound crown piece. After these tearings with the pinchers, Damien, who cried out profusely, though without swearing, raised his head and looked at himself. The same executioner dipped an iron spoon in the pot containing the boiling potion, which he poured liberally over each wound. Then the ropes that were to be harnessed to the horses 
were attached with cords to the patient's body. The horses were then harnessed and placed alongside the arms and legs, one at each limb. Monsieur Le Breton, the clerk of the court, went up to the patient several times and asked him if he had anything to say. He said he had not. At each torment he cried out, as the damned in hell are supposed to cry out, Pardon, my God! Pardon, my Lord! Despite all this pain, he raised his head from time to time and looked at himself boldly. The cords had been tied so tightly by the men who pulled at the ends that they caused him indescribable pain. Monsieur Le Breton went up to him again and asked him if he had anything to say. He said no. Several confessors went up to him and spoke to him at length. He willingly kissed the crucifix that was held out to him. He opened his lips and repeated, Pardon, Lord. The horses tugged hard, each pulling straight on a limb, each horse held by an executioner. After a quarter of an hour, the same ceremony was repeated, and finally, after several attempts, the directions of the horses had to be changed. Thus, those at the arms were made to pull towards the head, those at the thighs towards the arms, which broke the arms at the joints. This was repeated several times without success. He raised his head and looked at himself. Two more horses had to be added to those harnessed to the thighs, which made six horses in all, without success. Finally, the executioner, Samson, said to Monsieur Le Breton that there was no way or hope of succeeding, and told him to ask their lordships if they wished to have the prisoner cut into pieces. Monsieur Le Breton, who had come down from the town, ordered that renewed efforts be made, and this was done. But the horses gave up, and one of those harnessed to the thighs fell to the ground. The confessors returned and spoke to him again. He said to them, I heard him. Kiss me, gentlemen. The parish priest of St. Paul's did not dare to, so Monsieur de Marcelli slipped under the rope holding the left arm and kissed him on the forehead. The executioners gathered round, and Damien told them not to swear, to carry out their task, and that he did not think ill of them. He begged them to pray to God for him, and asked the parish priest of St. Paul's to pray for him at first Mass. After two or three attempts, the executioner Samson and he who had used the pinchers each drew out a knife from his pocket and cut the body at the thighs instead of severing the legs at the joints. The four horses gave a tug and carried off two thighs after them, namely, that of the right side first, the other following. Then the same was done to the arms, the shoulders, the armpits, and the four limbs. The flesh had to be cut almost to the bone. The horses pulling hard carried off the right arm first and the other afterwards. When the four limbs had been pulled away, the confessors came to speak to him, but his executioner told him that he was dead, though the truth was that I saw the man move, his lower jaw moving from side to side as if he were talking. One of the executioners even said shortly afterwards that when they had lifted the trunk to throw it on the stake, he was still alive. The four limbs were untied from the ropes and then thrown on the stakes set up in the enclosure in line with the scaffold. Then the trunk and the rest were covered with logs and faggots, and fire was put to the straw mixed with this wood. In accordance with the decree, the whole was reduced to ashes. The last piece to be found in the embers was still burning at half-past ten in the evening. The pieces of flesh in the trunk had taken about four hours to burn. The officers, of whom I was one, 
as also was my son, and a detachment of archers remained in the square until nearly eleven o'clock. These were those who made something of the fact that a dog had lain the day before on the grass where the fire had been, had been chased away several times, and had always returned. But it is not difficult to understand that an animal found this place warmer than elsewhere. Woo! Uh, you know, I just have to say I love you guys so much. <laughs> I love you too. Yeah, it's it's really hard to listen to, and I think it's also something to kind of keep in mind when when thinking about executions or torture. We 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 you know we kind of just say like how they did it, but it's not easy, and you know sometimes the executioners were not very trained, or you know what I mean. They didn't have a lot of experience. Um, Oh my god, that's an excellent episode of last podcast on the left, and they talk about bots. Oh yeah, that, that's it's a very great episode. But but I mean, but it's oh, very yeah. true too. Like this 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 oh. um excerpt really shows how almost everything went wrong. The only thing they seemed to have yeah. gotten right was burning the body, which is you know not probably the easiest of the things to do. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and and so uh, you're you know you have a crowd around watching like just this failure after failure i mean and things like that could honestly get the sympathy of the uh you know of the crowd um on Dude, the on yeah. the uh, yeah. condemned Ugh. yeah we're all human we're all human. it's hard to watch i mean like especially if it's not going smoothly you know like ooh. yeah that's that's just like oh oh god just Man. just end oh, it I come know. on and they're just <laughs> like yeah. no we got to keep going like we're in for a penny in it's for like a pound the horses are like fucking passing out and shit they're like get another Crazy. horse <laughs> like we gotta do this yeah we're losing the crowd okay, come just, on we're losing them just maintaining some idiots boner fuck that yeah it's bullshit. wild yeah, yeah that's it's definitely one of the worst Hate i know it. i say this a lot um on our episodes but definitely one of the worst things i've read for sure yeah fuck yeah. those yeah. people fuck them i'm so glad that the like ugh, ugh, departing yeah. from that I'm so glad that we've grown as a people. <laughs> so I guess um, yeah. I have a couple honorable mentions. Uh, they're pretty short. And then we can kind of finish ah! off just talking about some uh, torture devices that probably weren't used, but famously you know people think really... they were. Oh, no, that was oh, good. Oh, I was going to say the smell of pretzels is wonderful. Oh, yeah. Oh, some cheese. Oh, yeah. Some <laughs> nice cheese. So mm. one honorable mention I want to make is boiling alive. It's fucking awful, too. In 1531, King Henry VIII passed an act which permitted those convicted of poisoning to be boiled alive. The condemned... Oh, my God. The condemned would... Poisoned! The condemned would be placed in a large cauldron that contained boiling water, molten lead, wax, tallow, or wine until they died. One famous instance of this is the story of Richard Roos, who was a cook who attempted to kill the Bishop of Rochester by poisoning his soup. The bishop survived, but two other people died as a result of the poisoned soup. Roos was taken to Smithfield yeah. on April 15th, 1532, and boiled alive. Well, he Fun. did try to poison people, yeah. so... I mean, not saying boiling alive is, is a great thing yeah. to do, but... I think there was also a... Um, uh, man, I can't remember another famous one around that time. was like a maid serv- like a, a maid servant. Uh, I think she was also boiled alive as well. Um... Another 
That girl is poison. My, my, my last honorable <laughs> mention is the iron boot. So the iron boot was essentially right. essentially an iron casting where the leg and foot were placed inside. Wedges were placed between the boot and the leg and hammered in until the victim's legs and feet were crushed. And this was used as a form of torture and interrogation. There were different variations of this as well, including the Spanish boot and the Malay boot. You got to serve that fashion, hunty. Man, this is, so is this what the fashion police does if they find you guilty? <laughs> With the Spanish boot, both legs were placed in a larger iron boot and wedges were placed between the legs and hammered in, crushing the legs and feet against the sides of the boot. Another version was a boot that was filled with water and then the condemned foot was placed in the boot and it was heated to boil. Oh, Oof. Lord. Uh, so I guess, Heather, do you want to kind of take the last one, the last couple here? Um, I think it was just the, it's the ones that are um, yeah. probably didn't really exist. Yeah, so there was a couple, I saw the like, like examples of them online pictures and I was like, oh God, that looks terrible. Um, so one was the pair of anguish it looks like this like metal kind of pear-shaped device and apparently like you would screw there's a screw on the outside and like these spiked pedals would open up and supposedly they would insert it into like any orifice they could and like slowly open it and of course like rip you to shreds mm -hmm. that way um but there's really no substantiated evidence of the pair of anguish actually having existed and the only examples of these devices are likely of like modern manufacture. Like usually 1800s. Um, yeah. 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 So, and even like the ones that maybe might be older, uh, they don't necessarily think it was a torture device. They're not really sure what they were yeah, used for. Yeah. And there's so. also no primary source accounts of it being used. You know, and, no. and I guess when you're looking at something from a historian point of view, you need the evidence because you can, you can't just go on the word of somebody. You know, and there was that time in the 1800s where some of these manufactured torture devices were coming out and every museum wanted one in their in their collection. But like, again, if you right. don't have the evidence to substantiate, then it's it's really hard to say whether it was really used or not. And most historians would be reticent to say that it was used, especially without that supporting evidence. Exactly. So um, the other one is the Judas chair. And that's similar to the the horse, the wooden horse you were talking about, mm -hmm. Chris, where it's like a um, it's like a kind of a pyramid shaped chair you would sit on. It would add weights. Very it's, similar. It's basically the same thing. Um, um, I think it's also yeah. I think known as the cradle of Judas is another term. Yes, yeah. and this one is attributed to the Spanish Inquisition, like almost anywhere you mm -hmm. look it up, but. That's probably not true because due to the somewhat sexual nature of the punishment, you know, because it's used on genitals and nakedness is involved, um, it's really unlikely that it originated in the Inquisition. And it's likely a variation of other torture devices that mm -hmm. existed. Um, and again, the same kind of principle as like the pair of anguish, probably just something manufactured yeah. uh, to drum up the romance or or you know viewership at museums yeah and I, we know the wooden horse was used with you know like what i talked about yes. earlier but yeah so there are weird almost more horrible variations that some of that seems very um we're unsure about that 
Um, as far as we know, we yeah. believe the wooden horse started in France um, and kind of like, you know, spider webbed out. Um, but we do actually have accounts yeah. of it being used in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Oh. On, um... You know, I have a I have an extensive doily collection. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you know how fun are that fun. is. <laughs> there are always lots of flowers. Yeah, it, uh, actually, and I, and I see you also have the iron chair here. <laughs> oh well, the, yeah, the iron chair was uh, the the Judas chair is likely a variation of the iron chair, uh, which was a real thing where um, there was a chair. It was like a chair riddled with all the spikes metal yeah, spikes yeah. yeah and you'd be sat upon it and probably weights added to you yeah well. another one that we're very unsure and it actually might just be a, a older fabrication is the um iron maiden iron yeah. maiden yeah now now there were cage-like apparatuses <laughs> that people would be placed in and left there but um yeah kind of the ornate nature of of them um of the uh iron maidens it and we also don't have a lot of accounts of those particular devices being used. It, it's also um, kind of comes on, comes under scrutiny a lot of whether it was a legitimate. Yeah, I mean, it's more likely like what was internment when you are bricked up behind yes, a wall, which, which was absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I will say Iron Maiden's fucking killer. <laughs> Hell yeah, um, <laughs> Eddie, Eddie's <laughs> <a> friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, man, this was a that was a wild ride. Oh, yes. Yeah. <sighs> My nervous system's upset. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time for cat videos. Yep, and... lots of cat Yay! videos. Yeah, yes. yep. Well, yeah, I don't got anything else really. I think we've we've covered quite a bit. There's nope. a lot we didn't talk about, obviously. Um, so if yeah, it's only so much torture one can yeah, cover. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. time. I really do encourage you watching that Jackson Five. <laughs> oh yeah, it's really, I will. It's, it's worth it. Yeah, and if you, the audience, have your favorite that we haven't mentioned or maybe something that you want to bring up that we haven't mentioned. Um, yeah. I mean, please you know, send us a comment or, you know, um, yes. Get, comments, get a little please. discussion going. Yeah. Yeah. We would love to see engagement. We, we are just sitting by our computers waiting for you lovely people to yes. talk to us. And you know what? If you have an extra second, throw us up a rating yeah. somewhere. That would be incredibly Follow helpful. Us. Yeah, please. Yeah. It would really help us yeah. out. Um, you know, it just helps us get noticed and, um, you know, and, and then we can hopefully, you know, start getting advertisers to make the show even better to put more time with it. Because we all obviously work full time jobs outside of this. So mm -hmm. basically have two jobs. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, we would love to, you know, keep doing, keep getting better and keep giving you guys much better content. Yep. And this is very fun for us, too. Oh, I absolutely. Mean, we, we all love each other so much. And Do we sound so desperate? To, Do know? we sound desperate? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just this is this is a great time. I mean, I I I'm a busy professional as well, and mm -hmm. you know I look forward to just kicking back with my fucking brother and sister. Kicking and back with my ride or die about. homies. Yes, yes. so fun. <laughs> no, I, I've I've jokingly best. said it in the past that we partly do the show for ourselves, but it's true. You know, we yeah. we do enjoy doing yeah, it. True. So yeah, it's wonderful. It's fun to tell people about too and share. So. <laughs> Yes, yeah, please. Friends. Yeah, absolutely. It's wonderful. Um, yes. So I guess we'll do socials. Um, again, if you want to yeah. let us know what your favorite torture or execution technique is or method, or if there's one that we didn't mention that you'd like to bring up, I mean, please, we'd, you know, get a get a conversation going. Um, but you can yeah, follow us on 
Facebook at Under the Pendulum Podcast, on Instagram at Under Pendulum Podcast, on Twitter at Pendulum underscore pod, on TikTok at Under the Pendulum. And you can find all our episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, or almost anywhere else you listen to your pods. Yes. <laughs> you can find me, Heather, Facebook, Heather Thomas, Instagram, h.n.thomas, Twitter at Heather W. Thomas, and you can hear my narrations on Creepy, Tales to Terrify, The Wicked Library, and Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. And you can find me at the ends of the earth. No, you can find me on Instagram at I have Star crossed Dog. oceans of time. <laughs> time to find you. Oh, yes. Did I tell you I have a signed um, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise shot of uh, from Interview no. Vampire oh. Now? I've seen it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. I like. Uh, I plan to fill my bathroom with images nice. of sexy men. I That's like a that. good idea. Yeah. It's going to be it's fun. Like your dog, it's like your bad <laughs> dog paintings bathroom, Heather. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yes. But they're like spooky bodies. Everyone loves a themed they bathroom. They really do. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll be back with uh, another episode, and um, we will see you next time. I'm 50, 50 years old. <laughs> <laughs>